ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. We have a special treat, everybody. We have Pablo Capetti, uh, a Dakar rally racer. Um, you grew up in uh, Italy and moved to the States. And in Argentina. You, Argentina, yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> you grew up in Argentina, and then you moved to the States, yeah. and you raced uh, in the rallies. Um, how did that all take place? How did you get tied in with the rallies? Oh, hi, hi, Leonard. Uh, well, it's a long story. Uh, I, I was born in Argentina. I moved here 10 years ago, but I rode first time a quad when I was 32 years old. I'm 45. I used to live in the Patagonia. Um, we didn't have much, many activities to do. And one day I have my brother-in-law that said, hey, Pablo, why don't you buy a quad and start riding? At least you can do some outdoor activities here. And I did that. I just bought a Yamaha 450. That was my first quad. Um, I started riding. I fell in love with the quad. And then I say, okay, I'm going to race in motocross tracks. And I went um, to Chile to compete in some of the nationals there. And one day, the Dakar Rally moved from Africa to South America. I was there and I started competing, racing in navigation races. I really loved the rallies and that's how I started. And in the 2022 Dakar Rally would be my 10th Dakar Rally. Nice. Yeah. yeah I got to go in, I got to go in nine, 11 and 13. Yeah. With 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 uh, Gaston, I went with Gaston. Yeah, um, and I went with Rafael Sonic. Ah, with Rafael, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rafael, he's a legend of, of the rally. Uh, a nice guy. Well, in two thousand nine, uh, we had no idea what we were getting into, 
Um, some guys in France put the quad together. Mm -hmm. I flew in to Argentina and started working on a machine with no parts. And <laughs> uh, they, they didn't put a tuning device on it. I mean, there was just lots of, we had lots of little issues that we had to overcome, you know, yeah. but, it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, people maybe uh, don't know about the rally, but it's a different, it's so different that regular race is, is like, you have to take with you tons of parts. You, every day you have to build the, 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 the quad like new. Well, you know that it's like every day is a different problem and you have to survive the race. First you have to survive and then you have to, to try to, to do your best just to, to get the best position that you can. It's, it's, it's really hard, but we train for that. And we, we have experience now, so we can manage those bad days um, and try to, to figure out what to do when, when we have to push hard. That, that's, the, that's the most important for me part in the Dakar Rally, when to push hard, not breaking your path. Right. Right. So you've ridden 10 times. Have you traveled um, to other regions and other rallies or were they mostly in South America? Uh, in the Dakar Rally, uh, I did, uh, I raced every, almost of, all of them in South America and last year or this year in Saudi Arabia. But I also competed in the World Cup. So I raced in Abu Dhabi, uh, Qatar, Italy, Brazil, uh, uh, in Chile many times, Bolivia, Peru. Uh, I race a lot of rallies around the world. Now it's like you don't have many, many rallies like before, I think for the quads, because you have really a few guys that can compete all the World Cup, like maybe Rafael, because he has the budget to do that but I could do it in 2012 and it was a nice experience. You got to do the whole, the whole uh, series that year? Yeah, uh, I did it live because uh, I wanted to do it and I had the, the budget that year. Uh, it was a good experience, but to be competitive and to try to win the, the world championship is like so difficult because you compete against Rafael that he has like, in every country, a different team, and you have to travel with your mechanics, hire assistants in every place. So it's difficult to be really a good competitor in the, in the World Cup. But I had a really good experience. I really love Italy. It was a really nice experience, different from the other, the other races. It was like more enduro, more, more like the GCC here, but with navigation. It was. It was really nice that race. Do you race at all here in the States? Uh, I race in, with the quad only uh, Vegas Torreno this year that we made a test for the, for the Dakar Rally. Uh, in 2019 and 20, I moved to the UTVs and I competed all the best in the desert series, but I really come back to the quad because I love the quad. It's like, although I know that UTVs are, the, uh, are now the most important uh, vehicles in, 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 the, in the market, I really love, love the quad. 
it's like my, my passion is the quad. It's like I feel freedom there. And I'm really good in navigation races and with the quad, I really enjoy riding. That's one of the things that I, I, I think that we, we are not many riders in the, in the world, in the, uh, many riders in the rally that really enjoy the quad. And I really love and enjoy the quad. I enjoy riding the quad. So you said you were 45. Do you think that you're going to continue doing this for years to come? Oh, that's a good question. If we if we see Rafael, I know that I can ride lights for more, at least 10 more years. Uh, my, my, my wife asks me that every day. <laughs> uh, I, I say that I will continue. Yeah, my idea is just to continue maybe three, four more years in with the quad. Um, if I can do more, it's, it's, it's better. But at least I think I have three or four years that I, I can be really competitive and maybe try to be one of the contender. I think that I'm competing against guys that are 20, 30 years old. So I have to train the double, but I like that. And I think passion is the most important thing here. And if I can do it like in a pro way and really seriously, I think that I can do it for three, four years at least. Do you think Rafael's got speed to compete with the young kids? No, no. I think that he lost speed now. Uh, he will be, he will come back in the, in the Dakar rally now. I saw his performance in the last three rallies and he lost some speed, but I think that he's not training like before. That's the problem. And I think that also the quads makes a, the, the mechanics made, made some progression and improvements. And I think that he has a, like an old version of the, of the quad also. Uh, but I think he, he must train really the double or triple just to compete with these guys. It, the quad in the Dakar Rally changed last two years. It looked like more a motocross race in each stage. So, it's, it's hard. Every, 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 every stage is really tough. and uh, You have to be really focused, be fast, and try not to make mistakes. So you have to train a lot to compete against 22 years old, like Manon Duhar that won the rally this year. He was 20, he's 22 or 23. Giovanni that was second is only 30. And I was third with 45. So I think that uh, I train a lot to, do, to compete against those guys. But I think that Rafael must must train more just to be like competitive. Really, did uh, Rafael get fourth? Uh, Rafael didn't didn't race this year. Oh, that's uh, true. That's right. Yeah, he was third the previous year, the year before. But the year before was first time in Saudi Arabia, so many riders didn't go to compete. Now that you will have the lead, the top of the top in in the in the in the qual. Class, so we will see. It would be a, I think, a, a nice race for everybody. What did you think of the change uh, from South America to Saudi Arabia? Okay. Uh, first of all, for the quads, uh, the decision of the organization to put a, a limit in the speed was a, not a good idea. Now. We have only 130 kilometers per hour. That is 75 miles per hour. So that was not a good. Wait a minute. That's as fast as they'll allow you to go. 
Yeah, exactly. What, what, what? I thought we were racing. Yeah, but you know, I think that uh, that's a big discussion that I have with the organization every year. I said, I have a quad that can go 90 miles per hour, 94 miles per hour. Why? I must go 75 miles per hour. And I worked the whole year for that. They said the argument is that not all the riders with a quad that ride a quad can go so fast. That's danger. And I say, okay, you don't have any death rider in quads in the last year, but you have like tens from bikes. So I don't understand that argument. But they, you know, they are the owner and they are French guys. You know the French guys. <laughs> oh, let's not even get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But you know, they, they do what they they want to do. And if they say 130 is 130, and okay, go and ride. Equal equal outcome is then everybody gets first place and everybody gets a trophy. I mean, there's no rhyme to reason to what they're doing. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's why they that's why the game changed in Saudi Arabia. This was the first time in a Dakar rally that you could see five guys in quads riding together because nobody could make the difference because everybody was at the same speed. So it was like, okay, maybe I can push hard here. No, and you go with a, the, the alarm. Beep, 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 beep. So if you know, one day I made a mistake, I, I, I went over 130 and I got like two minutes penalty. I was so mad with that, but okay, that, that, that is the rules, but I don't like that. I don't like that. So that's the main, the, the main change. So I think that instead of putting the, the bar high, now the bar is low. Yeah, they, what they did is they tried to make it equal for everybody and they just yeah. ruined it. Yeah. You know? Hey, the yes. better guys, it, it, the racing is all about the better guys winning. Well, look what they do to F1. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 no, there's no such thing as racing anymore. In, yeah. in in those anything that the French have anything to do with, it's it's not racing. It's yeah, but it happened when well, it happened to Robbie Gordon when he went to Peru with the UTV, and then he find out there that there was a speed limit for UTV, and that was crazy. And now they compete with the speed limits also in UTV, and now you have two classes, and one class is slower than the quad. Is that I don't know what they are doing. I think that that's not the way. They think that that's the way. They want to do like a more tricky navigation race. But the tricky navigation can be like maybe 10%, 15% of the stage. Then you have to go full gas in many places and you cannot do that. So in the in South America, I remember that the first car, uh, I don't know, caught me maybe after three hours of race in the stage. Now it's just one hour and I have the first car behind me. And that's so, just, that's not cool. Because no, that that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So they're trying to make it safer by making it more dangerous because yeah, be, they're limiting your speed. Exactly. Uh, that's the danger because uh, sometimes we need to go faster. In the open desert, well, can we I don't ask have a question? 
Can I ask yeah. a question? Yeah. When did racing become safe? Uh, never. But I'm never. Gonna... But they think that the officials think that this is the way just to avoid death, especially in the Dakar Rally. But I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. If you want, just, I don't know, take some kind of exam. I don't know, whatever you want to the riders, but don't, don't ask me not to go full gas. It's like, it's like crazy. It's the, last year, uh, I was playing with my throttle because I couldn't go fast. It's like, bah, 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 bah. I, I can't believe that. It's like, it's crazy, but you know, the, those are the rules now for the quads. So, do you think that you guys getting together and, and petitioning the, the governing body, you can change it? No, I did that. No, um, you did it by yourself. <laughs> no, no, but I did. I, I talked with all, we have, uh, we are like 30, 40 guys only that ride in the, in the Dakar rally. Uh, I talked with the, the main guys. And we, we talk with them and they say no, because that's the problem. They say, you are the main guys. What about the other guys? That the guy that goes last and that can, because the rally is divided in two groups for me. People or riders who go there just to try to get the victory, to get the win. And the other guys that go just to finish. So they say, what happened when one guy that goes to finish the Dakar rally rides a quad that is like 150 or 90, 95 miles per hour speed. He will kill himself. himself. That's what they say. But uh, that's the chance that we're taking when we throw our leg over. We already know the odds. We already yeah. know the risk. Yeah, but I think that they, they were worried about after the uh, Goncalves died, death, uh, last two years. So now we have like plenty of safety equipment, airbags, many things. And they say, okay, with all these plus the speed limit, this race can be at least safe. I don't know. It's like, I don't understand that. I like to go full gas, but now I cannot go like that. So everything changed because in South America, we try to go really fast. And now it's like, uh, we are working to have a better third year, fourth year, but not fifth year, things like that. So everything changed. It's like, you have to ride different and you have to set up your quad different. So you, do you, they still make you carry the same amount of fuel? Uh, it depends on you, the fuel. You have to cover 200, uh, 160 miles, I think it's, uh, let me check, uh, 160. I, I know in kilometers because the race is in kilometers, but I think it's like 250 kilometers that it's almost 160 miles. So I carry a lot of fuel, 11 gallons. Right. That's. I, I, that's I, am, not, I am not. I am not. Yeah. That's the rule. You yeah. have to carry that much. Yeah, because you have to cover 250 kilometers. So, but in, but in, when you were racing in South America, nobody ever went that far. No. I don't, but, because in South America, there were more uh, refueling before the 250 kilometers. In Saudi Arabia, 
uh, we have, yeah, it's the same. You, you can take a little bit less, but not played a lot because last year the navigation was so tricky that most of the rider, even the pro bikes riders, uh, got lost like easily. So huh, we made many more kilometers in each stage sometimes. Well, I mean, I, I'm all for making it harder, but I'm yeah. not for slowing it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I always thought that, you know, I looked at Raphael's bike because I got to be there yeah. in 09, you know, when I first came in. And I, I've always wanted to build a sleek Dakar race bike because I think that they're turds. Yeah. They're big, heavy tanks. And I and they keep going to the same well for the same knowledge, building everything the same way. Yeah. I just I just think it's wrong. You could you can get creative with the way that you build your machines. And don't get me wrong, you guys yeah. do an amazing job for the mm. The things that you have to do, you know, strapping the gas tanks on and and the nerf bars, the way you set the nerf bars up. But I believe that that bike I don't strap mine. I'm the only one that I don't strap that. I don't understand why they strap that. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I Raphael Raphael's bikes are pretty reliable. Yeah, I don't agree with everything he does, but I think that they should be sleeker. Have you Vegas Torino? Did you see the desert bikes that were racing against? out there yeah the 450 i, I raised my my big tank there my everything big and i couldn't race against the guy the guy with the 450 the 450 were so so light and fast and i i, I was with my heavy quad there it's like totally different right and i think that i think that if you build your the car bike different you could lighten it up still have the fuel and, and just make it more nimble. Make it a race bike. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The thing is that sometimes you have to spend too much time developing the quad. It's too many hours, too many miles. At least you have to do, I don't know, three, four thousand miles just to, just to see if it, if it will work in the Dakar Rally. Because, you know, uh, I remember three years ago, I upgraded my quad and I think I did only 2,000 miles and I say, okay, it's ready. Let's go and compete with this. In the mile 3,000, we, we broke everything. So sometimes it requires much budget. Um, you need the support of the companies, the factories just to, to try to improve that. And now we have another problem is that they want to open the, the rules for the Dakar Rally. Uh, there is a discussion there that they say that they will allow again just to put uh, like bike engines inside of any frame. So you can you will be able to compete with a KTM 690 bikes inside a frame. Uh, well, what good be, is that? What good is that if you can't go over 75 miles an hour? That's the same, let's say. Okay, perfect. I do that. And I don't know. I put the 10 700 in, in my quad. And, and then I cannot go over 130. Yeah, it's a waste say, of time, waste of money. Yeah, that's the problem. But they say, oh, okay, it will be much more competitive because you have only one or two brands now. It doesn't make sense. It's the same. Who will spend the money? 
the guys who are fast. So we are in this, but this it's still problem. Not gonna, it's still not going to change anything. The guys exactly. that can navigate, the guys that are the better navigators are going to win. Yeah, that's true. Hey, let's, let's get on that question. Yeah. Where did you go to learn how to navigate? Okay. Uh, since I moved here in the last two years, uh, I'm training with Jimmy Luis. They are in Nevada. Uh, Jimmy trained also Ricky Brabeck and Andrew Short and I, I train with them. I'm going uh, in 10 days there. I will be riding in Nevada and Tonopah, uh, I think in Bidi and then I will be in Dumont Dunes and in December I will be in Glamis. We have many roadbooks there and we train every year. I, I, I go there maybe five times a year and I spend like one week just navigating there. So one typical training day is we set up the roadbook, we put the new roadbook, we go there, we just do the whole roadbook and then we come back and analyze the how I wrote that. And Jimmy makes some corrections and maybe we we train some specific drills and that's how I train because I don't compete in navigation races anymore uh, just for the Dakar rally because I consider that today it's much better to train with Jimmy like maybe during the year and uh, compete maybe Pegas Turino or Silvestre 300 uh, with the quad and then go and to the Dakar rally like that. Okay, I, I got that. Uh, that's that's good that you train that much. Have you yeah, got, yeah. have you gotten the opportunity to ride a 450? In yeah, I, race? no, in the race, no. I train with my 450 every Wednesday and Saturday in motocross tracks here in Florida. I go to two tracks there and I train a lot every Wednesday, every Saturday. That's part of my training for just ride my 450. Um, I. I thought about the 450 many times. I remember that as the organization just to limit the 450 class, uh, the quad to 450, because I thought that you have more companies that can be involved in the market. You have Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, whatever. And I know that two, uh, two guys that compete in the 450, but they always have any kind of problem with the engine when you have really long stages and you and they change piston every every stage. But I only focus in the Raptor 700. I, I don't know. I don't know about the 450. Maybe I don't have the, the experience or my mechanic has the enough experience just to develop a 450 that can ride so many miles per day. I was looking at more like have you gotten to ride a 450 in a desert race, like yeah. in, in Nevada? Uh, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, maybe in, in, in next year for Vegas Torino, we can try that. But no, I, I haven't ridden a 450 in the desert. I, I'm more a Raptor guy. I spend many hours with my Raptor in the desert because that's the machine that then we we use in the in the Dakar Rally. But I, I should try that. 
I know all the guys use well, the 450. Hey, <laughs> sleek that sleek that thing down a little bit, lose some weight, and go really compete against the 450s. Because in Vegas Torino, you have mile an hour on them. Yeah. You know, and, and it's yeah. not as overly rough race. Uh, no, no, no. It was roughly here. It was rocky. <laughs> but I think we should try that in the 450. The, the thing is that I like that race for the, like a test for the Dakar Rally because it's like three stages of the Dakar in one race. So uh, sometimes now I, I choose the, the races just to make some trainings, specific trainings and say, okay, Although this is a race, we are testing this, and we are focused on that because we don't have many races, and with the pandemic uh, around the world, many races were cancelled, so we don't have races to test. And I think that race is always a good test because we can train a lot, and I don't know, go to Glamis or go to Nevada, or whatever, and road like, ride like maybe one thousand miles. But it's not the same like the race. The race is totally different. Have you done any testing or thought about uh, doing any of the uh, stuff down in Baja, like the Baja 500 or the 1000? I was invited every year. I receive invitations. And I don't know why. I, I, I think that that's a different race first. I'm really, I don't know how, how can it work because I don't like the idea to have the trophy trucks behind me like going so fast um and so i don't know it's like i know that to be competitive in the in the baja i need to do a lot of pre-run you know in vegas torino for me it was easy because i did the vegas torino twice in the utv so i know the, the tracks and i can try i train there every time i should go and just to be competitive I spend a lot of time in mexico sometimes i don't have that time that's true. Uh, I need to be focused because I do some trainings here in the United States, but I travel a lot to South America just to make some different tests, maybe in the Atacama Desert in Chile, or maybe in the Deuce in Argentina that are really uh, very similar to the one in Saudi Arabia. So, and we have roads from 10 Dakars there. So sometimes I would train in the Aris Go one and, and make some roads there. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's in my bucket list, Abaja. But I like to do like things really professional and well organized. And I don't have now a team to do that. That's that's a reason. I receive invitations, but I really trust my team and I would like to do something with my team. That's why I, I race uh, Vegas Torino or Silver State 300 or Best in the Desert City because I can do it really organized here in the United States. No, that's, I, I totally understand that. You got to be comfortable with the group that you're working with and the <coughs> place that you're going to ride. Yeah, that, that's, that's the key because in the, in the Dakar Rally, one of the things that you learn is not the rider, it's a team. So one part is the rider, the other team is the mechanics. Maybe in, in the Dakar Rally, the mechanic is so important. The mechanical team is so important because you finish the stage maybe at 4 or 5 p.m. and you eat, you go to the physical therapy, you go to the briefing, and then you go to sleep. And those guys work like 
from 4 p.m. until 2, 3, 4 a.m. And the quad should be like really new for the other stage. So I, I, I like to, to have a really, uh, I have the same mechanics that I've been working with them from, for 10 years. So I have the same mechanics. Uh, I trust them and I really like to have everything organized and to know my team. That's why we can do like Vegas Torino or best in the desert series and maybe not Mexico because I, I need to spend many time there. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I know that the guys, the Mexican guys in Quad are really good, but they live there. So, and I like to be competitive, you know, it's like, I like, I like to try to win. And if, if, if I, if I cannot win, uh, or I, or it's, it's something new, I wouldn't ride a Baja if I cannot train like maybe one month there and spend really good time and say, okay, I, I know my, my part really well. I know. Let's see. Um, um, now I'm focused in the Dakar Rally and the next Vegas to Reno that will, I will do it solo again. Uh, this, this year I didn't do it solo, but next year I will do it solo. I, I will try to go solo and I will try to, to win with my big tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it cuts down on the amount of times you have to stop. You know, I mean, there's some benefits to it and you're used to riding more than most of the desert race guys because Vegas Torino to me, the teams that I've ran and the way I've run it, it's a sprint. Yeah. We're sprinting pit to pit to pit, you know, and depending on the miles that that rider rode is to aid, whether we're gassing, whether we're making a rider change and everything's, I think the, I think the rallies are becoming sprint races too. Yeah. That's you know? true. And, but you don't have sprint bikes. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we, we, we have really slow quads now. Uh, that's a pity because I, I, I like to go fast, but it's okay. I, I, for example, before the uh, Vegas Torino, we, we tested the speed in a dry lake and I hit uh, almost 90 miles per hour with a big tank and a big quad. So, and then I go to the Dakar and I can ride only 70 miles per hour because although the speed limit is 75, 77, you cannot go to the speed limit because if you pass that, you, you got a, uh, you are penalized. So you try you, to go it 70. Gives you, it gives you three beeps, right? Yeah, that beeps. Yeah, every time you, 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 you listen to the beep, you just slow down because you say, oh, oh, I, I'm close to the penalty. So you are thinking more in, in the penalty than in going fast. And that's when I say that is really uh, dangerous because I'm not focused on the race. I'm not focused on the track. I'm not focused on my road. I'm focused on the, on the number in the speed in the odometer. Just so I don't like that, but it's okay. New rules. I don't know. I just I, have I to go and ride. It, when I, the first year in 2009, when I got to uh, go to the rally in South America, they used to have the same type of alarm device in your chase vehicle. Yeah, it's a steel and it's worse now. Oh, wow. Well, after the first year, they took it out. No, okay, yeah, because the problem is the boss that in South America and my team, everybody used to <laughs> disconnect the, the equipment because if not you cannot go fast in, on the road and you cannot get to the other place uh, but now in Saudi Arabia they are really strict really strict now the, the big trucks 
the assistant truck can go only 80 miles, uh, no, sorry, 80 kilometers per hour. So it's that. Oh my. I don't know. Yeah, so you cannot even stop to drink something because if you stop, you cannot get to the another bebop. So it's a crazy, it's like, I don't know, sometimes I don't understand those guys, but it's so difficult to talk with the French guys. You know, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Maybe people cannot imagine that. You you have, I, I, I experienced, I lived many unfair uh, things there in the Dakar Rally that they decide who wins, who won one stage. Maybe you won the stage and they come and say, oh no, this guy won the stage. And why? Oh, because he stopped in some place and now we are giving them back like 20 minutes. Why? It's like sometimes. Because he's French. Yeah, you know, because they are French and they can do whatever they want. So I can't believe that, but sometimes you have to manage that. And if you if you race against the French guys, be careful. We have one, two guys. There are two French guys that are really they are really fast. And last year I said, oh no, we have to deal now with the organization because you know they want the French guys win the Dakar, not the Americans. What? Right. I get it. I totally get it because I got in an argument with one of the officials. Yeah. In in and this is an old time. Uh, you know, this is back in, I think, 2011 or or maybe one of the other times I was there hmm. when I was with Sonic in Morocco in, hmm. in 16, I believe it was. That official was there. He was doing all the sound check and all the checking of the machine before the rally. And they made me wait in the van because that, yeah. guy, that guy knew who I was and he would have penalized. <laughs> he he would have gave us a penalty. If, if he would have seen me there, that's how, that's, a, that's the problem with the French, in my opinion. Yeah, because they are the owner of the race. You have to understand that they are the owner and they can do whatever they want. But you're the customer. Yeah, but you know, everybody returns then to the Dakar rally because it's the most important race of rally. I have to be honest, I never had a problem because most of the guys, uh, we know most of the officials uh, and we try, but I have one story that's crazy. I can tell you now. It was 2011. Um, there were the Patronelli brothers that they won many rallies. They are really good riders. And in the first stage of the 2011, Marcos that had won the, the 2010 Dakar rally, uh, he couldn't start the race on time, and the rules say that if you don't if you don't start the 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 stage the first stage on time before the cars you are out of the race you are disqualified, and he was allowed to start like maybe uh, I don't know in after twenty cars, and it was, and I say why, if that happened to me I'm out. And he say, oh, because we have some deals with them, blah, 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 blah. But at least he was honest, the guy. That guy is now David Castera, that he's the, the CEO of the company. And he was like, okay, we have some kind of deal with them, sorry. Well, at least you know where you stand, right? I, I like that, I like that. Well, if you follow the, the Dakar rally, you can remember, I don't know, know what year was that, uh, 
they penalize Mark Coma that was winning the Dakar and they allow Cyril Depre to win the Dakar for KTM. And Cyril won and Mark Coma didn't say a word. Who was the director two years later? Mark Coma. They paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> like that. yeah, the French, you know, the French guys are like so difficult. It's not like clear. I, I, it's not like fair rules. It's like you have one. If you read the reviews of the Dakar, it's, it's funny. Some point they say, if you do that, you will be disqualified. But if the official think that you didn't have, you didn't that on purpose, you can be on the race. What? <laughs> I get uh, it, dude. I get no, no, no. It. Uh, in 2012, uh, I, 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 I had bad luck. Uh, my chain broke and it broke the, the engine. I lost all the oil, so I couldn't finish like all the weapons. I went on the road, just towed by, by, a, by a car. And I went to the official and say, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate everything, but I jumped like 10 weapons. I should have been disqualified. And the guy asked me, did you do it on purpose? No, my quad was broken. Okay, continue. What? It was like, I should be out of the race. Right. It's like that. So that's, that's what, how sometimes you have to deal with many things in the Dakar Rally. And it happened every year. It happened every year, every year. Hey, I, I, I spent one hour per day in the official tent, just arguing, just asking for something. Last year, they penalized me for by five minutes because I won one stage. And one of the guys the, the, at the end of the stage took my car. I didn't ask it back. And I just came to the VBAC. And when I came to the VBAC, they say, where's your car? The guy, the official had it on the on the end of the stage. And he said, no, you don't have the car, five minutes. You didn't win the stage. I went to the official. I was spending like two hours saying, hey, I just was there six, seven hours fighting with all the guys. I won the stage by four minutes. And now you said that I didn't win the stage because somebody took my car. So that things happen every, 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 every stage. Maybe in, in the bikes is different or in the cars is different because they have managers and the managers are there. But in the quads, we have to be there by ourselves. And are you and you, every, every day is something different. Every day you have to check the qualification just to be sure that everything is okay. But it's okay. That's the, you know what, what you are dealing with just before the race. So you have to be prepared for that also. Uh, it, I mean, in 2013, we trucked one <coughs> for like two hours. Yeah. Put it in the back of a truck and drove for two hours. Unloaded it at the gate, pushed yeah. it through the gate, and they were like, no problem. Uh, it, you okay? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I was laughing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, it's, uh, it's just such a gray area. I thought we were done. I thought we were going home, and they said no. 
we prepped it. We had we our start time mm. was four fifty one. Yeah, it was four o'clock in the morning. We had to put a clutch in it, an air filter, and change the tires. Hell. And the guy went and took a shower, and took off. <laughs> it was crazy. It, I mean, I think we changed the oil also, but I mean, we just had no time to prep the bike. No, no, it happened. It happened. It happened when 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 you are late. Uh, but you have to do that and just continue. Maybe I, I never happened to me, but you know, some guys sometimes don't sleep at night and then, okay, you have to continue and race the other stage. That's one I, I don't understand. That's more dangerous that to put well, that speed that limit. Same, that same stage, mm. one of the motorcycle guys took a picture with his, he was riding his bike, pulled mm. his camera out, took a picture. 30 seconds later, he was dead. Yeah. He, he, they said he fell asleep. Yeah. And I'm just like, how could you get a pic, take a picture and then fall asleep that fast? But yeah, I, I get it because we had to stop on the side of the road and, mm -hmm. you know, the big doc, the medical truck, yeah. the big medical truck yes. came and, and talked to us and uh, examined, it, they examined the guys from Argentina, mm. the three guys from Argentina, they talked to them and yeah. examined them. And I was sitting outside the car. They didn't even talk to me. Oh. I'm like, hey, thanks, guys. I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am American. Uh, but that happened with America. I don't know. Uh, I, I think that they don't like that Americans win. I don't like the Americans there. I have a... Uh, uh, I will tell you. So um, you know that uh, I told you that I become American citizenship two years ago. And yeah. I decided to compete for Team USA. Uh, I'm really proud of that. And this year, uh, I was registered as an American. And when I won the second stage, there was a problem. The organization didn't want to put that I was American. And I had to go to the official and say, hey, why are you putting that? I am Argentinian. I am registered as an American. So... Uh, they say, oh, no, that was a mistake because one of the guys decided that. Who decided that? For me. You are choosing my nationality. So I don't understand. So that happened this year. And uh, I talked with the guys after that. I say, hey, this is the last time I come for you here. Uh, you are not respecting me and the country. And they say, no, no, so sorry. It was a mistake. But, you know, with them, there is no mistake. <laughs> Everything oh. is on purpose. <laughs> well, we, we've bashed on them quite a bit. I think the event itself and the rallies themselves mm. are super challenging. And the way I've explained it to the guys over here that ask questions, um, I, you already know all this, mm. is the strategy that goes involved, you know, and, and all the things that you have to plan for that we never have to plan for over here we it's it's because nothing we've ever done in the states is like this yeah but this is here is full gas you go full gas you are the faster guy you win yeah but in the in the rally it's totally different almost totally different because with the speed limit it changed also for me it's yeah. full gas try to win the state but before that 
I remember in 2017 when I was third, uh, I could have won two stages and I decided not to win it, to win it. Just slow down and try to establish a new strategy for the other day. Just, okay, I will run from maybe two or three places behind and see what can I do um, from there. And that happened with the bikes also. But now with the quads and the speed limits, just go full gas. You have to win, no matter what. You cannot do that. If you do that, you are out. Because so with, with the speed limit, now is there four or five, six guys all competing with just minutes apart for the win? Yes, exactly. Last, last year, in many stages, we were five, six guys within three minutes, four minutes. So what does that do for... So if you're if you're going the same speed and you're a minute behind the guy in the lead, you can never make up any time unless he gets lost and makes a mistake navigating. Exactly. Or if you have any problem that you lose maybe five, ten minutes. Uh, because if not, you can not make the difference. It's like like trying just to make the correct navigation and waiting for the other guy just to make any mistake. Last year I did that. I knew that it was in the I was in the wrong way, the wrong path in a in a wash, and I decided to go with him and just break and then come back. We, you have to do crazy things just to try to win some minutes in every stage. But it's, it's, it's the new game now. It's a new game, totally different game. So you have to do that sometimes. Like make the other guy just to make a mistake and be sure that you know that you are also making the mistake just to make the correction then. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's totally different. When, when, when I talk with the, with the guy, with my friends that also right here in the state, they don't understand that. They say, hey, why? You have to go full gas. No, no, no. You cannot go full gas always because now if you don't have, you cannot make difference with the speed. And if you are all going together, you have to try to move the other guys to make another mistake. And so you are playing inside the stage. You are playing with the other guys. Uh, last year, I remember I had a problem in one stage. And the top four were like 10 minutes ahead of me. And in one part, I was like one mile to the right. And they were like one mile to the left lost. If one get lost, everybody get lost. And you passed right? them all. Yeah. And then they, they saw me and they came, they came with me and we were together. I won that stage, but it was like that. I don't like that. I don't like because you cannot make any difference. So one of the key for this Dakar rally will be to just to try to go and win every stage and be with the top guys. And if you make a mistake, you can you you uh, you are with the other guys and everybody will make the same mistake. Right. Because this year the stage four was really hard. It was really tough in navigation. Was really tricky. And the top two guys, I remember they found. Ricky lost with the bike because the bike were lost also, and they 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 arrived with they rode with them, with him, and 
I didn't find any good rider and I got lost like for 30 minutes. Uh, but it, the two, the first two were together. Where you go, I go. That's, that's, that's the new moral. If you go there, I go with you, no matter what. You are lost, I will be lost with you. It's yeah. like, I don't, I don't like that. It's like, I, I would like different, you know? And if you made a mistake, now you don't have the speed. To, to make reach, it up. Yeah, to, yeah, and to reach the other guys. So that's, that's, that's what is bad for me. But it's okay, it's a new, a new rally, a different rally. Uh, you have, yeah, you have many, many, many stages to try to make any difference. I think that we will have let me, many tricky stages with navigations. So another thing that changed in South America, although it was tricky, you never have to stop your quad, break totally, just stop. And this time you have to break. The, the organization say break and think, and it's like that. You have to break. The cars have to break and say, okay, we have to go this way. They don't give you time to think while you are arriving. That makes difference. It's like they want this, the, the race to be slow. Well, they think if it's slower, it's going to be safer. Yeah, that's, that's the concept of the Dakar Rally now. The slowest the race, the safest the race. Mm. You know, I... I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I want to race. Yeah, but I, I like to go full gas and okay, you have to, uh, you, you know that you are riding the, the most difficult or the most dangerous race in the world. But no, I don't know now if the most dangerous, maybe the most difficult because of navigation. But now that you have a speed limit, sometimes you need that. It's, 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 it, yeah, it's it's horrible when you are there and you are going full gas with the speed limit and maybe one uh, slow rider, bike rider come and yeah, he passed you. And, you. and then in the technical section, you catch him again and you cannot pass him because you cannot because of the speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's hard, but the good thing, let's say, if we have to find something positive is that for every quad, it's the same. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a new, it's a new challenge and a new day, and I, yeah. I think it, I think you'll do pretty good. Yeah, uh, because you know, before I remember that every year was about the speed. The talk with the with the mechanics and with the every rider was about the speed. Hey, we have to go fast, faster, fast, faster, fast, fast. We have to do go more fast, faster than 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 the previous year. And now it's not more about the speed. Now it's just about not getting lost. Yeah, exactly. No mistakes. No mistake in the navigation. Maybe give you the opportunity to win the Dakar. No, maybe not. For sure. For sure. Yeah, you if the you make no mistakes and have no mechanicals, then you'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. No mistake, no mechanicals, and you will be okay. We, we made some changes for this year, and I hope not to, to have any kind of problem. Last year, we... In, the, in our Raptor, we put a big board kit, so it was a 7.30, and we broke the fifth year. So I had to change the, the engine. Uh, I lost like one hour that day, and then plus 15 minutes with the chain of engine. Um, for this year, we are with the 700 
and I think we won't have that problem again. I hope so. I don't. I don't think you will. I think it's a really, really durable machine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you, 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 with the seven hundreds, like we always raise seven hundred, but we tried seven thirty because we wanted more torque in the dunes. But then when we went to Saudi Arabia, there were not dunes like in Peru, for example, that were mountains of dunes, mountains of sands instead of dunes. They were like normal dunes, like maybe the one that you find in Dumont or maybe in Glamis, the same. <laughs> That's too funny. They're supposed to be huge over there, though. Yeah. <laughs> not where not, not where they raced, they weren't that big? Yeah, no, 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 no. In Peru, yeah, in Peru, we have, this, wow, they were huge. But in Saudi Arabia, they say that have, they have places where the dunes are bigger, but I don't know why we didn't go there yet. I think that the the they have to be wait for the approval of the government just to go so, to some places, uh, historical places. I don't know that. I'm sure they will. So when you were in Chile, yeah, the the they go go to the same valley every time and i forget the name of the valley it's where the mines are at yeah atacama desert but that's uh the mine is uh copiapo yes yes Cop I, I love that place you know that's that's a pretty place that's a really good place to train that's where before pandemic uh, i used to go every year no twice a year uh, there to copiapo because that's a really good good place to train. I love that place. I love yeah. that place. It's it's really nice. I want to take my wife to Valparaiso. Yeah, yeah. Valparaiso. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I I thought that place was so beautiful. Yeah, I I I, I, well, I like the desert only there in Chile. It's like the Atacama, Iquique. Iquique is so nice also. But when you were in Argentina, what city uh, did you live in? Uh, I used to live in the Patagonia, in the south of Argentina. Way so, down on the bottom. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I know, it's like, yeah, really far from the big cities. So where I live is like a kind of, let's say, like Colorado, like with mountains and with area. So um, that we didn't have. So it was cold. Cold, yeah. The whole year it was cold. Wow. It was cold. And it was hard for me then to go to compete in the Dakar Rally because in we competed in summer. That was really hot in Argentina. <laughs> so it was different. But then I moved to Miami and oh, it was perfect until that they moved to Saudi Arabia. Now it's cold again. <laughs> Is it cold when you guys are in yeah, Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's so cold. I think... In the road section, we start maybe at 4 a.m. with sometimes 40s, 50s, no more than that. And during the race, I think around 65s and 80, no more than that. 80, I think it's a lot. Maybe six, the 70s. So well, that's better for the machines. Yeah, better for the machine. Better for the in the suns, in the dunes. The dunes are not soft; are really hard, so they are easy to clean. Uh, but yeah, it's winter there. So, you know, 
in summer it would be really difficult. <laughs> uh, not a good season just to ride, but in South America it wasn't summer, so the difference was huge. I don't like to compete in cold, but it's okay. I don't, I don't like it either, but I mean, it's not as cold. I remember racing a desert race in, um, in Nevada, just outside of Vegas. Yeah. And we're sitting on the starting line and it was 26 degrees. Wow. No, that's no. I don't like that. <laughs> when, what in, in September? Best in the desert. It was the best in the desert race. Yeah. But in September, October, December, December. Oh no, that's cold. Yeah, it was freezing. It was cold. And I don't wear gloves. Ah, no. So, wow. Yeah, it, that, that first 50 miles was rough. Yeah. Last year, I trained in Glamis in December and was really cold in the morning. Because I started always really early, maybe 6, 7, 30. And in the opposite way, we, I trained in Glamis in July five days and I stayed there 60 60 uh, it was like no sorry it was in uh, that was in 130 I was talking in the in Celsius and 135 in July you just a, just a little bit warm I was alone nobody was there nobody in, in Glamis was there were you by yourself or did you have your team with you or did you have helpers with you? I always take one mechanic um in april that i went there i took one mechanic and one one guy with an AT, utv so he can follow us sometimes if i have any problem but i always take one guy and one utv just in case that we have any problem well does your does your wife travel with you to any of the races? no 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 races no no for me it's like that's a, that's a big issue in the family, the Dakar rally. First of all, it's in January, so the first January. So every every end of the year, it's like everybody complaining that home. My daughter, ah, you go again there to the race, blah blah blah. And then I try, no, I just focus on the race, so I don't want them in my trainings. I don't want them in the race. I'm just receive. I, I just call them when I need. If not, they know they, they can call me. I just focus on the race. My goal since 2011 was to win the Dakar Rally. I was close two years. And that's, that's my, my, my goal. So I just need to be focused. I don't want any distraction in, in the race. Wow. Your wife's a strong woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard because I know that they don't sleep during the race. They follow the... the the tracking online and sometimes the equipment doesn't work and they don't show you on the screen so they get nervous and you know but they know that I train really hard with this I train four or five times a day with a with my coach I train twice a week with the quad I have uh, a sports psychologist also where I train focus and concentration. I train with Jimmy navigations. I do my best and try, although we are amateur, I try to do it in the, in the pro way. In, in the, so 
I, 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 I disagree with you. I think you're a professional. You may yeah, not well, 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 this, this year, I had to say that I'm professional because I'm making money. I, I, thanks to the Lamo Motorsport. Thank you so much to Pablo that they call me and they support me and I'm making money this year. Uh, so it's a total different game also for me. Uh, now I was in events, I have to train more, I have to make like a, a report every week of what I do. Uh, I have to be in contact with the sponsors. It's different, but although this year, forget about this year, in, in the previous year, I did it like in the professional, although I didn't make money, you know, because I know that I'm 45 and I have to compete against kids that you know, they don't think sometimes when they go full gas and I have to do the same or try to take advantage in some aspect that they don't take care. So with my experience, sometimes I have to think really different and I have to train really to be in really in a good shape. Last year, I was so happy that when they finished the race, they were like that. And I was, oh, okay. I say, okay, I'm real okay. I thought that the last year, I was about to win the car. I was. I could have won that, but I won three stages. I can't believe I, I didn't win the car. It's like crazy, but I hope this year we can do that. Well, like, you're focused, and uh, we'll be pulling for you, and we'll be watching. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, it's 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 not easy. It's not easy. It's uh, it's like really hard. Any problem one day can be a disaster for you in in the overall. That's the that's the thing. It's, sometimes it's better to have like let's say good stages every day and not like two or three four excellent stages and one bad stage one bad stage doesn't allow you to win the Dakar right you were there so you know that you were right. there and you were with Rafael that is really a professional of this and I got to know, be I got to be with Rafael the first year yeah. in his third year in the third year they were riding those thousand cc motorcycle motors and both guys crashed within on the first day oh the 2011 yeah uh, that, that 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 was the, uh, one of the guy that he chose to be his backup was one friend of mine and the problem was that he never rode uh that quad went to 165 kilometers per hour he told uh, that guy told me and he crashed with that and that's a good example of how can the Dakar change your life. That guy who crashed uh, never, never again competed in, in ATVs. Uh, and he, it took like maybe four years to be healthy again. Wow. It was, it was a huge crash. It was a crash at maybe 160 kilometers per hour that is 100 miles per hour. So uh, with the uh the 900 engine yep and then rafael crashed minutes after him yes yes i i, I watched the video the other day of his crash he was in a town uh yeah that happened you know but, but he's a professional with this he's, he really has a huge team huge team with him he yeah well in 2009 uh we were in uh, abu dhabi and he broke his arm Wow. You know, so I, I, I got to spend a lot of time with Raphael because I used to uh, go to the Pendezvous in France with him. Yeah. 
So we've traveled, we've been all over, you know, I've had him here in Southern California to train and, you know, he's been with my parents and stayed with us, you know, uh, actually we got to go to Poland and, uh, Paris, um, in 2019 uh, for our wedding anniversary. I mean, not for our anniversary, for our honeymoon, because I just, just got married in 18 and, uh, Raphael took us over there and, and spent a bunch of time with us and everything. It was it was good, right before yeah. right before the pandemic. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy. Uh, he's a really pro in this. Maybe as I told you, he lost some speed, but but let me. With now the speed limit, the World Cup doesn't have a speed limit. So in the World Cup, he lost a lot of time. But maybe in the Dakar with the speed limit, you never know. You know, we say he's Rafal. Everything can happen. He's a really good one. Um, do do you think? How's he doing in the points for the World Cup? Uh, no, I think he won't win this year. He won't win this year. I think the Argentinian Manu Andujar, the guy who won the Dakar, he spent a lot of money this year just to compete against him. Uh, he won the last three races, so I think in Abu Dhabi just. If Manu is like four or fifth, he won the, the World Cup. So uh, a young guy, a young guy with budget. Yeah, well, 55 years old, still racing with that at that level. That's ah, uh, yeah, that, that that's amazing. That's amazing. That that that's amazing. That's so famous about Rafael. I thought I once I asked him, uh, hey Rafael, why don't you you have the budget? Why don't you race cars? Or tracks, whatever, and he say, "I love the quads." Exactly, and that's what what I told you in the, in the beginning. I love the quads, although maybe you can go with the UTV or whatever. I love the quads. It's the sensation is unique. It's I've freedom. had the opportunity to go be a UTV guy, and I'm not. I'm a quad guy. Yeah, I'm it's, not. I'm not a UTV guy. I don't want to go there. I work on ATVs. I'm going to work on ATV yeah. and, and that's just what I'm going to do. You know, I don't, uh, I don't want to do motorcycles. I don't want to do UTVs. I don't want to work on cars. <laughs> I want to work on ATVs. Yeah. ATVs are awesome. I would like more people racing in ATV. For example, Vegas Torino, I thought that more people could ride there, could ride there, but we didn't have I think I think the numbers are going to come up slowly. I really do. Um, I, I I would love to organize some things that I have in, in my mind um, uh, because I build machines all the time. Yeah, I know. If I can get a little backing. I'm going to bring some of the old motocross guys out and let them race. Oh, that would that would be awesome. I think we need more. Just you know, because we in the pro class we were only five guys. Uh, we need a lot, like, I would love to, to race against 20, 30, whatever, you know, more riders. It would be well, awesome. When I was racing in the pro class and best in the desert, yeah, um, we had like 19 pros. Wow. Wow. I like that. I like that. I like, I, I always like, I'm, I love the quad. So I, I, I always want more people riding, more people racing. It's good. Uh, that, that, that surprised me that when I remember when first time I went to Glamis, 
I was surprised about the amount of people riding quads. I say, hey, you have the market here, but we need them in the race, you know? <laughs> well, dude, our company, the company that I work for, yeah, it, is still, we are just, that's all we do is ATVs. And we are so busy, we can't even keep up. Oh, that's that's nice. Uh, I Oh, that's so nice to, to hear because uh, I think that we need more quad racing. I don't know why we don't have enough quad racing. I don't know. It's like, uh, I, I talk about the, the best in the desert series or maybe Baja, but no, we need more more desert. This is, this, right. is, this is one of the reasons why the podcast came to be because there's nobody out there telling our story. There's nobody out there talking about the great things that you can do on the back of an ATV. And that's why I wanted to talk with men like yourself or, or women in the professional motocross in ATVs or women in the in works or the woods that race back East. You know, I want to get all these people to tell their story on ATV talk so that more people will be interested and come out and race ATVs because it's an amazing family sport. You can see the world and and do amazing things on the back of an ATV because they'll do things that the motorcycle guys can't think they don't think they can, and when the quad passes them, it pisses them off. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and 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 the quads are fast. Okay, we are not that fast enough just to beat the the KTM, Honda, Yamaha Pro guys, especially in the Dakar Rally, because they spend a lot of money. But with a quad, a good quad without a speed limit, I think we can do 20, top 25 in the bikes, for sure. For sure. I th yeah, I think we can do top 25. No problem with that. But now we are doing top 50 because of the speed limit. It's right. like um, every year, I fight with the organization about ATVs. Last year was about the media, also the coverage. You know, I remember in 2018, we have in the international uh, coverage, we have 45 seconds and the UTV had 45 seconds and the bikes had like three, four minutes. And now we have only 10 seconds or five seconds against four minutes in UTV and four minutes in the bikes. Yeah, if they so, don't give if they don't give the ATVs the coverage, the the class is never going to grow. Yeah, but and and I think that they they should help the ATVs because in Africa the Dakar Rally used to have like three or four quads or five. When they moved to South America, I remember in 2018, 60 quads started the race. In Saudi Arabia, the first Dakar. Again, it was like 15. Last year, we were 19. I think that maybe this year we can, uh, we will know exactly in the first day of November, but I think we will be like around 30 or 40 again. So they must help us because most of the guys are privateer and it's so expensive to, 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 to go to the race, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why I don't understand. Best in the desert is, is really a good series. I always say, I took one guy from Florida just to race Vegas to Reno, and he was in love with that. He said, okay, let's, next year I will be solo. And I say, okay, I will help you with my track, whatever. Just, I want more riders. They are involved. You know, right. it's like, uh, I say that if someone is listening to that and is thinking to race Vegas to Reno and needs help, just call me. 
I want more riders on the ride. I, I, you know, it's like, I like the ATV community and I think we, we have to support each other. Although then we're right. right there. But that's one of the things I always try to do, support the other riders. Now I can support some riders, although, okay, we can share the 10, the assist and whatever, no problem, but we need more riders there. You know, it's like what, what I like from this. So I'm taking one or two guys next year from Florida just to compete in Vegas Torino. So I'm happy with that. That's awesome. You need to hit me up. Yeah. 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 Hit me up. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 need, we need to talk and see what we can do. But because this year, you know, I competed in the, in, in, with the UTV two years ago. And okay, there were like 60, 61. And this was my first time in, in, in quad. So I say, okay, I sent my registration. And I didn't check how many were. And then I went to the registration and said, oh, we are only five guys. What happened? You know, we need more. It's like, uh, so uh, I don't know, hopefully more riders can come back and we should do something. I don't know what, but we should do something, any training, I don't know. Uh, now I will post that I will be training in, in the dunes. So somebody wants to go just to, to share some riding together. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I would love that everybody rides in the quad and everybody rides the quad. It's so amazing. I don't know. I like it. Fantastic. It's the, it's the best way to, to, to enjoy the life for me. I agree, sir. <laughs> Pablo, thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. I really, really appreciate you taking the time with us and make sure you say thank you to your family for me taking you away from them this evening. Um, I would like to extend the invitation for you to come back after the Dakar so that you can tell me all about it and tell me how you did and, and give me your experience of the race. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you again for the invitation. For me, so important. Um, I just want to let people know that I'm so proud to, to be an American, to represent our country, and I will give my 100% just to try to win the Dakar. Um, we're going to talk after the Dakar rally, hopefully with the win. <laughs> if not, uh, we talk about all the experiences, and I hope that uh we can ride together oh well now now i will go there to to california and i have to meet you my pleasure my pleasure all you got to do is keep in touch the team here at atv talk would love your feedback please email us at hello at atv talk podcast.com brought to you by take two custom teams screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us 
on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.